Sefer Bamidbar, Parshat Naso, on justice for theft. <clears throat> Parshat Naso, meaning take a census, includes, as the name suggests, a census of different groups of Levites. It also gives guidance for the priestly blessing, Nazarite vows, and on the seemingly more mundane side, handling theft. <clears throat> Numbers chapter five tells us, God spoke to Moses saying, speak to the Israelites. When men or women individually commit any wrong toward a fellow human being, thus breaking faith with God, and they realize their guilt, they shall confess the wrong that they have done. They shall make restitution in the principal amount and add one fifth to it, giving it to the one who was wronged. <clears throat> the idea here, which first came up in Vayikra in Leviticus, is that you must pay back 20% more than what you've stolen. This system enables people to feel a sense of justice being done more than just getting back what was taken. The person robbed doesn't just get back what was taken from them, but more. And ideally, they feel a return to wholeness by receiving the added 20%. Thus, we can begin to build back our societal trust that the justice works. This is less about being harshly punitive and more about increasing confidence that we can bring healing to victims by showing them that their lives matter. And a key part of this kind of justice is admission of guilt. Maimonides uses this Torah portion's phrase, they shall confess the wrong that they have done, as the basis for positive mitzvah number 73 in his list of commandments, to make confession before the Lord of any sin that one has committed. The other thing we learn from this section of the Parsha is that if a convert with no inheritors is stolen from, special considerations must be made. Numbers continues. If that party is decreased and has no kin to whom restitution can be made, the amount repaid shall go to God for the priest, in addition to the ram of expiation with which expiation is made on their behalf. Rashi references sources that reason that this person must be a convert, a gear, as someone born to Jewish parents would have had some relative somewhere who's able to legally accept the restitution. We learn from this verse that while stealing from anyone is wrong, stealing from a convert, a stranger who is in this time might not have had the necessary safety net of social connections is a violation all the more so. And so the Torah wants to be clear here that we especially cannot steal from the most vulnerable among us. This parsha emphasizes our interconnectedness with God and each other. The act of theft is described as committing any wrong toward a fellow human being, thus breaking faith with the divine. When we wrong our fellow human, we are robbing them of their trust in people and by extension, God. The section right after this deals with suspected adultery using similar wording, describing a partner who's gone astray and broken faith with her husband. The Torah simultaneously binds us to God and to others once again. So why is stealing from a human being specifically also named as a sin against God? 
The Renaissance era Italian commentator, Rabbi Ovadia Sforno, answers, the robber had committed an act of desecrating the, the name of God, Achilo Hashem, in the eyes of the convert, who must be appalled that a person born into the Jewish community could be guilty of such a deed. The Midrash, Numbers Rabbah, identifies these converts as those mentioned in the book of Hosea, who dwell in God's shade. Quote, they shall bring to life new grain, Hosea says. They shall blossom like the vine. His scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Of Lebanon. The Midrash goes on. Said HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the appreciation of the gerim, of these strangers, of these converts, is as dear to me as the wine that was poured on the altar as libation. Behold, we have learned that the essence of the gerim is like Israel's. Therefore, they will be as grain and blossom. Friends, as we have seen, the prohibition against stealing can be applied to many different aspects of life. Sforno again commented on, you shall not steal from the Ten Commandments, saying the term stealing also includes the kidnapping of human beings. Even deceiving your fellow man deliberately is stealing. Genevat databriot called stealing people's minds, misleading them to believe that lies are truth. There's even the view that it is forbidden to steal someone's sleep by unnecessarily waking them up. Gezel, Shena. More practically, there is the issue of whether one should say the full bracha after a meal while on the job, as taking too long might be stealing from the employer. Of course, an issue that arises more often is when we must pursue justice for employees taken advantage of by thieving employers. Theft plays out in our work lives, in the marketplace, within our homes, and online. Today, it's easier to steal from people in poverty because they often can't afford the legal support to fight. As a society, we must be particularly protective of these individuals. We must work to create systems of justice that not only repair the damage that was done, but also restore our society to be one of trust, justice, and respect. Shabbat Shalom.